0: presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today
2: this is the sports radio 610 outdoor show with captain mickey eastman captain mickey has been guiding the texas gulf coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments now here's your host captain mickey
3: Good morning, and welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, hour number three. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show. This morning is Jace. Now let's head down to Corpus Christi, and let's check in with Captain Cliff Webb this morning. Cliff, good morning. What's up?
1: Morning, Mickey. How's it going, uh, man? Watching it blow here. It's probably 30 something here it's yeah blowing pretty hard <laughs> it's getting it too man i it's was like looking got... at
3: it earlier down your way in the coastal bend it's blowing pretty mm. good and it's moving up this yeah. way
1: those wind gusts are getting higher here too so here yeah, we go it seems like it it's it just what we do uh this time of year just wait for our window to fish and uh it's getting ready to straighten up you know may May's usually a lot better than april for weather so just mm. uh the fish are there mickey we got the the fish um uh, up on the flats and stuff is just trying to get through them with the wind. Um, yeah, y'all are catching some here. nice
3: fish down there, oh, man, i, I got to admit. Nice fish.
1: Golly, Golly,
3: I envy you guys.
1: Well, we're lucky. I just hope it, hope it lasts. uh concerned about this new limit change because, you know, right now we're we're coming up on this this fall and winter where these fish have been left alone and we've got some of the bigger fish in our system we've had a long time. So this fall and winter is going to be great. And after that, we don't know how many, you know, these bigger fish will get. Ju- uh, gradually be taken out so it's all good but i had a good day wednesday uh it's just so hard to book trips this time of year you the two or three days you're booked in the middle of the week you, you're likely to get the weather <laughs> knock you out so I, I had a good day wednesday uh the weather was good so just my buddy and i greg went out just to see if we catch some flounder there's been a bunch of flounder uh every time i'm trout fishing i'm waiting on the flats and you'll see those flounders scoot out and make a mud trail in front of you so i said hey man i'm gonna drop down with a paddle tail and just dredge the flats for a little while and see if we can get some, some table fare. And, uh, so we, we took off real early and of course it started in the morning. I, I told Greg, I says, Hey man, we got to put a top water on this morning. You know, it's just, I can't take it. And, uh, as we're walking up to the, the flounder hole, the flounder hole is way up in the flats. Like a, it's a big trench up in the flats and we're waiting up there throwing top water. And these big guys are just eating the top water like crazy. man. man. It's just insane. And, uh, there was so much bait in there, just thousands and thousands, eight, nine inch, ten inch muddler, just beautiful in there, just all over the top and you could just you could just stand there and that's that's what we do in the morning. So we pull up to these flats, it barely can see the light or a little before light. And you just be real still for fifteen or twenty minutes, and it'll tell you exactly what's going on just by watching the bait pattern. You know, you'll see these big rafts of muddled up in the flats and you'll see one area where there's it's either one thing the muddler really jumping going off or it's a big void of no bait it's like the mullet are going around this one area mm-hmm. and uh, that's what we found it was a big pot of grass and the mullet were not swimming over because there's a bunch of big trout on it and then they were going around this big grass bed and uh, <laughs> it's just so cool to see that you know we, we picked it up and and Greg kind of went on the outside I went on the inside of them and uh, you know I caught four or five you know four to six pound trout in that school and uh, you know trying to say hey man get this top bar off and get the flounders getting laid and, it's nine to ten o'clock. I'm still throwing that top water up there, catching those trout. Going, man, it's hard to pull off that top water bite. It, it is, man. man. It's hard, man. God Almighty! But finally, Greg was the first one to to bite the line on the top water and put a lead head on to he catch a five pound flounder Like ten minutes, a big old flatty, you know. So man. Uh, he he hooks another one, loses it. I'm still over there on that top water. they <laughs> still blowing it out of the water. I just can't <laughs> give it up, you know. <laughs> so anyway, so he got that one five pounder. So we split it for dinner. It was good, and we just kept on catching trout. watch oh, that's eat. a slab,
3: man. A five-pound flounder yeah. makes a oh, nice fillet.
1: Yeah, and he caught it with no net. You know, we don't carry a net. So that thing's going around, he's trying to get, his, he's trying to get that pinch on it. You know how he's trying to get that pinch around those flounders' head? You know, he finally got it on there. Then he lost one it was even bigger. But mm. uh, And if you carry a net, you won't see one. <laughs> it's just True. a word to say. You go out with a net ready to catch flounder, you won't see one. You go out without a net, you'll see them. I had a guy tell me
3: one time, I said, man, these flounder don't have good handles on them. I said, no. don't. You, you got to wear them down once they get up top and just kind of settle down. If you'll, you know, stick that hand right in there and that thumb right behind that pectoral fin and squeeze down, you'll just paralyze it and he won't flop or nothing.
1: That's the trick right there, Mickey. You said it. I uh, grabbed a couple of mine today. <laughs> yeah, keeping his head underwater. You know, and, and the worst, one of the worst bites I ever got was the flounder in the back. I was, I was probably twenty-five, thirty years old, and I catch a bunch of big flounder, and, and I'm way away from the boat, and it's deep, so I got this brainstorm. I throw this stringer over my back and walk up to the boat, down the beach, you know, and that big old saddle blanket just grabs me right in the back like a bulldog. <laughs> he won't let go. Oh, them He's teeth biting. are
3: nasty.
1: That He's is the jaws of my death, shirt, you know. bleeding all the way down my back when I got back, you know, but. Uh, he had no no problem biting me, and they got some teeth on them too, buddy.
3: Can you imagine what a predator a trout would be if he's you know had his two canines and then you put the flounder yeah. teeth inside that mouth and along so that bottom imagine. lip? Oh lord, imagine. nothing. That's get so away.
1: cool. That's so cool about our trout's color right now. So we have these beautiful silver trout that are I guarantee they're tide runners. They hadn't been landing the grass much. They're beautiful silver, real white, almost like your Galveston fish. Real bulked up, white and real gray looking. Real yellow mouth, and then you'll catch one that's just almost black on the back. Where he's a mm-hmm. Laguna fish, he's stayed in the grass. He's he's a resident fish and living around the dark structure. So, uh in the redfish too, Mickey, we got a lot of redfish in here. Uh, we got a bunch of tournaments just coming up. I, I think they had one this weekend. I don't know what they're gonna do today with it, but oh man, we got some some good fish coming right now. Yeah. and it's that way in Mansfield too. I talked to my guys down in Mansfield. They're smoking the fish in Mansfield. Golly. You know, I talked to the guys back in Alazon, and uh, Alazon hadn't had many numbers. There's many numbers that we had right now, but they've caught some really big ones back there. You know, it seems like we're we have a lot of three to fours and fives here, just lots of them. And in the back, uh, they had they had those days where they catch a lot of those fours and fives, but they have some days where they they caught that big nine counter back there. They catch some. They may only catch a couple of fish back there, real shallow, but they're catching some toads. It was going to get better in May back there.
3: Yeah, and you know, so, give these fish another
1: year or two. Another mm-hmm. way, <laughs> man, talk about growing up. Mm-hmm. And still, you you go know, the cleaning team, will, Mickey. You still, don't see anybody cleaning hardly any trout. You know, we keep one or two to eat or something. The guys do, but not. not there's so many of uh, drum and and redfish and flounder, and everybody's having a good time letting them go. Right. But you know, when we do change this limit, you know, back. It's the top end. I'm not concerned about the fish under 23 inches you're taking out. It's that one that's over 25. So, you know, we have a lot of fishermen down here right now. Our our, our ramps are full. It's getting full. It's going to get worse. And we've got a lot of oil right. field tournaments and stuff every weekend. And so if if you've got several hundred fish taking out over 25 inches a weekend, just think about what that's going to do in, in a couple of years' time.
3: Those numbers uh, add up, man, and that's, uh, yeah. that's definitely a – a dna strain of fish that you want reproducing mm-hmm. in your right you know in your bay system that's
1: yeah and it'd be nice to leave our trophy fish alone and you know just eat the smaller ones and that way we have to have the enjoyment of catching these big fish because they're they're like nothing else to catch i mean those small trout and redfish are fun but you know you take a five pound trout plus there's nothing like it uh something look, special you know?
3: about catching big but trout you know
1: yeah, it is it's something special so Hopefully they'll they'll see the and, and I think it's really all up to the fishermen and uh, I think the the future of our crop is really in the hands of our anglers and uh, it is and that's what I'm really I'm really liking to seeing what you know our guides are just devastate our base system I hate to say it but we have got too many guides taking too many fish you know and it's up to the guides to. Say, so, hey, man, we got to set the pace here a little bit. You know, we got. No, yeah, I mean, and that's always the way
3: I've looked at it. I guess it's the way I was raised. You know, the way my dad was, and everything. We need to police ourselves and don't wait for the yeah. officials to police us. You know.
1: That's it, Mickey. You know, That'd and then be
3: good stewards that, of your sport.
1: Mm-hmm. And the trouble with the the police, as you say, is, is in our situation, the game boards and the biologists and the CCA, they they're not quite out there. And see what we see as the local guys no, as a group, you know, because all of us, all of us are out there every day. I mean, not I'm not out there every day, but I mean, all my uh, buddies and stuff. Is, well, I kind of see what's going on in our base system. We kind of see what's what's out there and what's not, you know. So it's it's kind of up to up to us to see what's happening on our fish. So hopefully it'll it'll come back, but it's, it's about as good as it gets right now. Now we don't have. Uh, Say back in the 80s and, and mid 90s, where we had those giant, you know, 30, 32s, giant trout. A lot of those. Uh, we don't have as many of those. We have a few, but the six pounders, the four to six, is it's good, Mickey. It's a good, it's a good class of fish right now. It's, it is, it's good. and
3: that there's your brood stock right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. the ones you definitely want to keep in your bay and reproduce mm-hmm. right there. Right. They lay more eggs, and if they got the size males to accommodate them and and fertilize those eggs, I mean it's just it's only going to get better in time. Only.
1: Yeah, and I I think Packery Channel has made such a big impact here. I don't think I don't think the people knew how good that was. What we did there with that Packery, I don't think. There's no
3: way anybody can convince me that it's not.
1: It did. It just changed the whole water system.
3: Gripe, and you just disappointment in closing rollover pass up here Mm -hmm. yeah
1: that freshwater uh intake right there that good gulf water is just a game changer because you realize how stagnant our water gets here you know gets stagnant and the fish don't like it and now it's got a flush system and and where some of these fish are able to get out in in the freezes so you know packer just think how many fish packer saved during those last freezes that were able to get out so
3: and it's just natural for trout to look for you know, smaller salinity levels, you know, that they mm-hmm. tolerate right. up to a certain point, you know, before it right. turns totally fresh. And we we see that in our bay system. These freshwater flows that entered our system, these fish, they just react to it and go north, you know, and get as far right. it, up. Well, it creates so much bait activity and everything else. And, mm-hmm. uh, man, with that Packery Channel, people just don't realize the salinity levels and you know, Baffin Bay down that way—they just get outrageous. I mean, it, it's twice oh, okay. as salty as the Gulf of Mexico.
1: It is, and it's eighty parts per thousand or more. And just like the Parks and Wildlife when they had the Nine Mile Hole, which the graveyards they call it—they call it the uh-huh. graveyard because all the fish died there. And that's behind the land cut there. So back in the days before they dug those channels in there, in the high tides, thousands and thousands of big trout and redfish get back there. the tide drop, and they'd be trapped back there. in the salt so it would get so high, their eyes would turn milky white, and they couldn't see. Mm. And, you know, they'd all die back there in the parks. Wildlife would let people go back there and shoot them with bow and air or whatever to get them out of there. And so they came in there and yes. dredged those channels. They, they dredged those channels back to the nine mile hole back there and now releasing those fish. But uh, that just goes to show you how salty it can get. When you, when you shut off the flow, like we have, We in the back of Alavan, in the back of some, in the back of Bath and back of Yarble, some of those sloughs and some of those areas back there, they get no circulation. The only, only, only movement they have is wind driven tides. A real strong southeast wind will blow some of that water out, and a real strong northern right. will blow it in. That's the only circulation they've got. And by opening up Packery, it has even changed the circulation that far down there, Mickey. It'll it's, do it. It's, it's even moves current down in the back of bay, which is it, that was, That's a, lot. a
3: great thing that happened. Let me knock this break yep. out, Cliff. I'll be right, right back to you. Well, you know, folks, the Belleville Meat Market, what a great place to shop. There's nothing like it. And uh, this week they're double featuring their green onion pecan smoked sausage and their three cheeses pecan smoked sausage. That's a wild game favorite, and it's now available in the store. You can try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available, and on special this week they have center-cut pork chops, just $2.99 a pound, and they're now serving homemade hot dogs and pulled pork in their barbecue section and uh, fresh ground beef. Dailies $3.59 a pound when you buy it in bulk. 10 pounds or more with fresh fryers just a buck 99 a pound. Wild game processing. They're making vinny dogs and hog dogs. That's homemade hog dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. Bring something home from your hunt. The whole family can enjoy all year long. The Belleville Meat Market is celebrating over 41 years serving the Greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market where meat is our middle name.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
2: Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with-
3: Good morning, and welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 622 here in the Bayou City. All right, Cliff, we're back, my
1: friend. All right, man. Just listen to that wind blowing well, those Saturday trees up. Saturday morning, <laughs> letting her Saturday rip. Saturday morning. Let her rip, I'm, I'm glad Chip. I'm not out there. I'm, glad I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I'm here at the house, man. Just getting it, buddy. Yes, sir. But, you know, I was talking about the, how our system has changed from, from the influx of water and stuff. I'll give you a perfect example of the land cut. So for 30 years, in April, this time of year, that Doug and I, whatever guys had left, we'd go to the land cut and drop that trolling motor down and work that west side. and just hose those big trout, all of it down that west side. And what was happening, we had one barge a day, and these fish would go along that edge. It was a perfect situation. They had all the grass and sand they needed and a little bit of shell in there. They could spawn all along that side and they be, feel real comfortable. Well, now there's 15 barges going through, so they never have a chance really to, to settle down and spawn, so sure. the fish are moving through the cut faster. They're not hanging in the cut. Another thing they're doing is the side channels that run off to the left and the right. These crash channels run two or three miles back in the flats. These fish mm-hmm. are pulling into the first two or three miles of these crash channels with those current. When the barges come by, it's pushing current for the first two or three miles in those cuts, those side cuts, and a lot of these trout are spawning now in those side cuts. And so it's funny how the fish are evolving, you know, adjusting to what's going on with with us. What we're doing as people, uh, and so
3: we gotta I have to ad- gotta, adapt to the environment just like we do.
1: That's it. And they're adapting to us. They're adapting to all of our all of our big old metal boats coming through their spawning area. They're having to change. <laughs> and so what this does in the month of May and June is going to make the south shore of Bathin more productive simply because the fish are not staging in the land cut. And so now they're blowing through that cut with the southeast wind, wrapping on around to the south, end, south shore of Bath. And so you're going to see, just like every year, the south shore has picked up more in the end of April and May than, than before. Back in the day, we never got out of the cut till middle of May. We stayed no. in that. It was so incredible fishing in the cut. Hundreds and hundreds of big trout in the cut. We never had to get out of there, and we were protected from the wind. We had a perfect wind potential.
3: Yeah, you could fish it under almost any condition.
1: Yeah, yeah. we put out two two drift anchors and a thirty-six volt trolling motor, and Katie barred the door with a quarter ounce lead head. I'm still working the drop off, and I'm still catching figs. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm watching it all change, and watching everybody adapt to it. But uh, another thing I want to say about our fishery as as fishermen, so you know, I complain about the guys keeping too many fish, and this is a problem with our guys, and it's in, you know. I have the egg on my face too. I mean, we're all, we're all guilty of this. So you've got these clients that aren't real fishermen. They're from San Antonio. And, you know, my groups of clients now are, are pretty much hardcore. They're, they're, most of my guys are big time drop fishermen. And we're not really into keeping a lot of fish. Yeah. Behind.
3: They're every avid sportsman. Yeah.
1: yeah. But your other 80% of the fishermen are come down from Austin, San Antonio. They want to take back some, something to fry. They want to come back and show that they've got something for their fish trip. They want a good pitcher and they want something mm. to fry. And so your average guy that's just starting out or something, when he hangs those fish up, he wants a couple of big fish in there over 25 to make that picture look good. Mm. And 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 that's where it hurts. And I don't blame him. You know, I mean, how can you blame him? So, you know, that's the thing about over 20. We did it too, Bubba. So that's the thing over 25. If we didn't have that, if you had a tag where just like a redfish, you're allowed to keep one trout over 25 a year for your trophy. Okay. You catch Mm. that 32-inch trout. And then it would eliminate all that big top end stuff. And then everybody would have the same picture of all those nice trout. You know, you got your five trout under 25 inches. And all the all the photos wouldn't be that, you know, everybody's got to have that big monster in there. So, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. But I think no, about No,
3: that's no soapbox. That's just reality. I mean, that's the truth. I mean, I think, about, I
1: think about that top end we're taking out. And it's kind of like going to your deer lease and just shooting. Wow, well, man, that. There's a couple of nice seven half year old ten points there, and let's shoot them, and let's go ahead and shoot that four and a half year old 10.2. point too. Well, Let's don't, <laughs> you know, you got one tag. If you're going to take your big buck, you know, take him, but let's not shoot the five year olds either, four and a half year olds.
3: Exactly. But anyway, so
1: that's what would ha- that that's what I'm hoping. Sometime we can we can get into that area because this is a trophy. Now I have not
3: read, read between the lines on this. I didn't. There wasn't any specifics about it, but now is this going to is it going to change all the way uh, through uh, Mansfield and Port Isabel too? Is it going to go I don't back know. to? I don't they'll know, stay. I, I, they'll stay like they are now.
1: I wish they would. I wish we stay where we are, but I'm afraid everybody's going to go back to five and one over twenty five. You know
3: that's. Uh, Even that's south of I'm, you.
1: I I don't know for sure. Maybe I haven't heard. Nobody said anything.
3: Heard because they're the ones that went. You know, that Did the first. Of the limit reductions in size and all that, and it man, yes, it sir. made a big difference in their fishery. Big just, it big was old pretty immediate,
1: and it was so immediate here after this big freeze we had. We didn't have to wait near as long no, for our didn't. fish to come back. We they came back real quick simply because what was left we weren't taking out. What was left, you know, right. It's, uh, so you know, it's just the same thing. I keep it's just like the axis deer in Texas when that big freeze came. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you've got a hundred axis deer. And all of them froze, but twenty. And then you didn't protect the last twenty. Let everybody shoot the last twenty. It's going to take a long time to get yeah. your axis back. But if you protect exactly. those twenty that are left, you know they come back a lot quicker. It's better for everybody. Sure. So anyway, so I'll get off my soapbox on a big trial. But man, I I just wanted to stay here, Mickey, because this is so much fun for people coming down here and watching these watching these clients catch these big fish on top water. I mean, it's exciting. You know, it's, uh, it's good I'm stuff. With you. <laughs> I totally concur, I mean, and yeah. it's
3: uh well it it just it it adds another attraction to your area for yes, you sir. know yes, sir. people like even me living up here all my life on Galveston Bay and seeing some of the just unbelievable phenomenal no, no. fishing, especially for big fish and everything it it makes me want to get in my truck and drive down there and fish your water, yeah. you know because well, of the you know size, it's kinda like you know you difference. have.
1: Well, just just so so I keep comparing deer hunting with, with trout hunting, but, you know, you take the, you got the hill country deer, lots of numbers and stuff, and you got the South Texas deer where people are able to go for trophies. Well, you know, let's protect these areas. We have the big trout left. Let's protect them and, and try to keep them. So we all, they're, they belong to everybody. If people come to Houston catch these fish too. They're not mine. They're everybody's. Sure. But, uh. It's we can't Texas let the local guys. Yeah, and I, you know, shame on these local guys well, for taking your deer. If you're,
3: you're an avid deer hunter and and you want to kill a big buck, I mean, that's what you go to specific ranches that's and it. areas to hunt for. And uh, that's right. same if way, we had fishing. all the
1: locals. And just think about that: if you had all the local guys and stuff, deer hunters down in South Texas wanting to shoot all the trophies and not let the other guys have them. That's the same <laughs> thing here. You know, we can't be we can't be greedy with our crop here. They need to be everybody's trout, and you guys come down and catch them and turn them loose, so your friend can catch them later on. It's a sure, it's a great deal. It's not like we got to shoot them; we can hook them and let them go. It's a big difference here. That's the remarkable
3: thing about fishing is you can actually yep. take it off the hook and put it back in the water.
1: Once you, you catch shoot it again. A deer,
3: you can't throw him back.
1: No, nope. <laughs> and so we could, you know, this this thing could be big here if we all get on the same page here. But anyway, we'll see what happens here. But anyway, our is great, making water good and. Looking for a fantastic May Mate's one of my favorite times. It's kind of an open field where I can just really see what we got when the wind comes down. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm with you
3: on that. And, you know, you 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 guys down there, there's a lot of you that uh, have really made a difference on catching release on these big fish and everything. And, well, just look at your fishery. You can tell it's paying off. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we were the ones that made it so bad too. We're also the ones that took a lot true. of too many guys, too many fish. But, we're also the ones that damaged it too, and it's our responsibility to bring it back. You know, we're the ones that took them out. It wasn't a, it wasn't a whole lot of people out of town. It was a lot of the locals, a lot of the guys and stuff that you know we took too many big fish out. So, you know, true. we got it. You know,
3: it but uh, you know, a trout only lives so long. That's and, right.
1: Uh, That's right.
3: And what's uh, terrible is one, you're one freeze away from losing all of it.
1: That's it, buddy. <laughs> That's exactly right. I say enjoy all we can and we got these big fish, man. I think the next two years if we don't have a freeze next winter, I think next winter's gonna produce some really good fish. Because yeah, we got uh, some, we got those I sevens agree. and eights now we didn't have last year. We had a lot of sixes, fives and six. Now we got the sevens and eights showing up. You know, I caught a fish, I sent you that picture of that fish the other day. Right. I don't know how much that fish weighed, but that fish had some weight on it. That big fish I sent you, that was a stud. That
3: that looked like one of them Trinity Bay humpbacks, oh, man. Yeah. God, it was a good
1: fish.
3: It just, you know, I, just a yeah. big old toad from head to tail. It was a stump. Yeah. And how long was that tobin, fish? Yeah. you figure? Twenty nine, thirty inches?
1: Yeah, I'm close to that. And then Tobin caught one twenty eight. He measured his, you know, but I didn't have the bokeh with me. I used a real big bokeh. My hands are so bad, I have to use that big one. That big sixty five pounder, and it's so heavy, I don't carry it. I should have done it. But right. I was too far from the boat. But, you know, I can just tell that was a good fish. But, yeah, I'm not going to kill her. To just anything. not going to kill her or take her back to the boat. But I got to watch her swim off, and it was beautiful. That old tail, like a flash water. I love when you turn them loose, and that big old flash water tail just cuts through the water. That, that's something else right there, buddy.
3: I like them when them trout, they, them tails look like wisp brooms. <laughs> mm-hmm. boys, it. Boy. <laughs> oh, hey, man. especially you hook one in the right in the face man he's got all them treble hooks all in his mouth yeah. and yeah. he's digging down in the mud and that big tail's coming out of the water while he's digging his head in the mud trying to get that barbed wire out of his face man
1: mm-hmm. and then he's trying to run into your leg this is what i like about yeah. the shallow water I'm, I'm in shindy water <laughs> in that big old toad. i caught her about six feet in front of me First thing she does, she makes a beeline between my legs. I'm trying to pull that rod out and get it out between my legs because, you know, I'm still in the waiter, It's still cool here, so I didn't want to poke a wader, poke her into my shin. So, and let her get away from me is a trick in that shallow water. Let her get away from you and fight herself out. You can't, can't short line them like that. You got to no. let them get out a little bit and fight down. No, that's so, – uh, boy,
3: I've had – I had a big trout eat me up one time. I mean, right at my rod tip. I mean, I'm not even three feet. I'm fixing to pull this bait out of the water. And this big fish, 10-plus pounds, smokes that lure, and guess where he went? Right between my legs. That rod blew up in four pieces. I'm sitting out there with a nub (laughs) trying to fight this fish in. I almost got him to my hands, and he finally came off. That That was pretty cool. But well, I, did, I had one of my guys. did break my favorite rod, so I had to go back to the yeah. boat. We were in them. I mean, we were in them. And I had to just oh, walk God. out of them to go
1: back and get another rod. Get man. another rod, man. Oh, God. Lord. Well, I know you've had it happen, too, where they stick in your leg with those lures. That's, that's what I really I had, had
3: one uh, get in my calf one time, and it wasn't even that big a fish. It was about a four- or five-pounder. Mm-hmm. Got in my calf and with a mirror lure. And, uh, oh, man, I was bleeding like a stuck hog, and I'm – I finally got a hold of him down there, and I said, well, what am I going to do now? I'm almost gurgling water because I was in waist-deep water, and I got a hold of this fish to keep him from shaking and tearing my leg up anymore, and I just grabbed him and just pulled it and went ahead and ripped the hook out of my leg. But, <laughs> oh, that felt good. And I was bleeding oh, like a oh, stuck-off. Man.
1: We were in him so man, got, good, at, I, it,
3: it, hey, it didn't even bother me. I took him off, threw back out, and kept on grabbed fishing, another one. Buddy. Yeah, keep on oh. going, baby.
1: You know, the worst one was I got a guy had those stingray guards on and he had a jumping <laughs> min on the fish ran between and stuck that jumping in on both of those stingray guards oh. and pinned his legs together and he's going around in circles. I thought he was gonna drown. I had to go over there and get him and <laughs> he was uh, put walking. him back <laughs> in the boat. Yes, sir. You know, I put him back in the boat and we kinda of pulled him up on the ladder and he got to work on his, his guards to trying to get that jumping <laughs> minnow out. But that those took for a bear in there, but it went right between his, his feet there and it stuck his feet together. But, you know, stuff can happen out there, buddy. That's why you don't want to fish alone, I'm telling you. You know, you got to have somebody close to you. I just really believe
3: Weird that. stuff happens out there. Weird it really does, man. If out. you're by yourself, you're just, you're screwed.
1: Yeah. Most of the boating accidents, someone's by themselves. you know. Yeah.
3: Huh? Isn't that weird how that works? Crazy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah
1: sorry.
3: All right, buddy. Well, hey, man, it's always a pleasure talking to you, Cliff, and hope you all keep uh, keep it going. It won't be long. You'll be catching some toads in the surf. That's coming. Oh, I
1: can't wait. I'm so when it gets to seventy six for a few days, just game on. It's going to be good. It's to oh be good. man! I'll be sending some east. pictures, Mickey. And you guys try to come down and fish. You and Plogger guys try to come down yeah, and fish with to, me. And throw I. them top I'm definitely going to come up and see you guys. Just let me know when it's a good time, and I'm going to. Yeah. I'm to come. We'll, fish. Uh, never we'll get, get something
3: going if that's possible right. this year. We'll uh, we'll get something rolling. Right. We'll, we'll we'll make a outing of it anyway. We'll have a good time. All right. All right thanks, Mickey. Throw him out a number, Cliff.
1: All right, Mickey. Area three six one. 949-0707. Hey, thanks
3: for having me on, Mickey. All right, bud. Thank you, Cliff. See you, man. Okay, man. All right. Cliff Webb, heck of a guy. Well, Boyd's One Stop, they're the home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse. Croaker's located right at the base of the Texas City Dyke at 227 Dike Road. If you're looking for quality live bait for your next fishing trip, look no farther than Boyd's. From their tanks to your live well, that bait's as good as it can possibly be. There's no better way to live your bait than with their oxygen response system. You can check them out firsthand at the store. They have them on display, all their bottles, regulators, diffusers, or you need more info, call Jason Cogburn at 281-701-8107. And talking to Dave Fremont yesterday, their bait supply looked really good. The shrimp are in good shape, nice size. Croakers, finger mullet, they've got it all. And speaking of uh, bait, we'll just go straight to seafood. It's crawfish season, and Boyd's is stacking them high there. They've got tons of crawfish at great prices. If you don't want to do them yourself, they boil them right there at their Cajun Grill or check out their Santa Fe location. 409-945-4001 or boyds1stop.com. When you go by and see the good folks at Boyd's, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents the Outdoor Show with Captain
3: Mickey Eastman.
4: My Maria, don't you know I've come along
3: Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, it's 640 here in the Bayou City on a Saturday morning. Let's head up to Pinwalk Campground and Marina, check in with our good friend, Harry D. Tan. Harry, what's up, man?
4: Hey. Mickey, we're back to winter time today. I think <laughs>
3: it's a little chilly this morning up there.
4: Little is, <laughs> I think it's about fifty-six degrees, and and well, that uh, wind that makes it a, pretty
3: cool. Yeah, uh,
4: I think the winds, you know, somewhere around thirteen, fourteen miles an hour out of the northwest, and and everything else. So it's it's not a it's not a beautiful morning, I guarantee you. But we got a little bit of rain last night. Uh, you know, uh, somewhere around a half inch or. Maybe just a little bit more. Uh I think I hope most of that storm. I guess kinda of missed us a little bit so we didn't get much. Well
3: it it uh kinda that line thinned out, it wasn't as deep and uh uh uh-huh. as it come That's through. Exactly. You know that that last one the other night, that uh I don't know, I probably got about two and a half inches out of that one. What'd you get out of that one?
4: Uh, we got two inches out of it. Yeah, that's kind of what all. I was
3: looking at radar. You probably got at least two. That's what I figured.
4: Yeah, we got two, and it, I guarantee you, it seemed like, I guess everything, the ground is still pretty uh, soggy from all the other rains, but that two inches, it, it really on the ground, it looked more like three inches. I mean, everything was really super wet. It was not very it – was, it was wet. So, But anyway, we was just starting to kind of dry out, and then we, you know – Sometimes just a half inch of rain will make things pretty pretty muddy. So we just have to wait and see and, and you know also, Mickey, you know that we, we got that release it, it's up real close to twenty uh twenty five thousand cubic feet a second and
3: from right
4: from last Saturday to this Saturday, you know, remember the river was just about emptying out coming out down from Dallas, but I guarantee you we got some uh uh a pretty good amount of water coming out of Dallas, so they must have really got some decent rains up
3: there. Yeah, other. they did. They had uh, that one system, well, the last two they got, other than this one, they had some, they had some pretty good rainfall totals up there, too.
4: They, they did. So, overall, you know, but we actually had a pretty good week this week uh, up until today. Uh, you know, the, uh, the lake right now, we're just slightly above normal pool, just a little bit, I mean, but we're a foot above normal pool, just maybe just slightly above a foot above normal pool. But, mm. but uh, you know, that's a that's a really a decent level for this lake. It sure is. A lot of people would like to see them leave it at this level. So, but but anyway, that part's all right. Everything's fine. You know, I mean, we got green leaves on the trees. And, you know, it looks like uh, springtime. Uh, but we just keep on getting this uh, let's call it crazy weather that. Uh, that's kind of uh, holding things down. Uh, I'm still seeing a lot of a lot of these bulkhead catfish coming in. They're doing great. Uh, black bass is, is picking up real well. Uh, crappie. Uh, well, I guarantee you, we didn't uh, we didn't really catch a lot of crappie out of Pinwall. Most of the crappie that I've seen caught is coming from you know up around uh, going upriver and the riversides and the little feeder creeks and stuff like mm. that. But I don't know exactly, and I hadn't talked to anybody up there in the last several days. Uh, I don't know how, you know, this increase in the water coming back down the river, I don't know if that's had any effect on them or not. But uh, white bass, we're starting to see a few white bass show up. Uh, uh, You know, and the ones that we're seeing were just, they're uh, these little uh, small ones, little dinks and stuff. But, you know, uh, they got to be starting to come on, like, real soon. I mean, yeah. Uh, those watts are going to turn around. They're they're coming down river, high. and you know they may they may be right in the lake. Uh, I just hadn't hadn't seen them, or I hadn't talked to anybody that's really seen them. But but you know here, Nikki, the fishing pressure has been so low here on Livingston here the last last few weeks you know who who knows you know they might be they might be right on the money i don't know yeah it has been
3: down here on the coast till this past week here fishing pressure's picked up a lot of people getting out it's fishing season
4: (laughs) yeah i mean normally this uh to tell you the truth you know this is probably the uh probably one of the slowest aprils that i've ever seen and and i think it's mainly because you know uh, and you don't can't blame anybody. I think you know maybe the economy has quite a bit to do with that. Oh, normally, I guarantee
3: it does. The belt's yeah. tighter right now.
4: Uh huh. It is. It really is. But uh, but you know the the weather patterns have, have really knocked us around a lot. True. You know I mean because anymore I guarantee. You, I mean you know you know back in the day you know when we was out running around doing whatever we was doing you know it come time to go fishing you just went fishing you didn't fish around the weather report but people now you know with more technology and stuff you know i mean they look at the weather well it's going to be a bad weekend we're not we're not going to do anything you know so and you can't you can't blame them for that either so anyway it uh you know every year is different uh uh i still think you know if the weather are kind of line out a little bit you know i mean uh, everything i kind of kind of come on out and and we'll we'll run a, have a good run at it so i'll just have to kind of wait and see but uh we've uh, certainly this morning uh, my gosh it, uh, it almost looks like the middle of december out center you know i mean <laughs> i can i can look out and i can see the waves coming in and, and you get a little bit of fog coming off the waves and everything else you know and the wind's blowing and and you say my gosh just, just sit around the fire today and, and wait for a better day but uh it it'll be good but you know we're, we're going to wind up with some with some uh, pretty good fishing you know one year uh my gosh it was quite a few years ago i didn't see a white bass caught, caught until nearly the first of june and uh, and that was just the way the conditions was then i mean you we were scratching our head, you know, we thought the white bass had, had left Livingston, but, you know, really they hadn't. And and I think just right at the first of June, you know, they came on like gangbusters. But even even the white bass, you know, the patterns on the white bass have changed. I mean, here the last several years, we've been we've been catching them earlier and earlier. But now it may have reversed. It might started later and then and run longer you know but uh, yeah it's, you just have to see what's going on i mean anybody that can second guess that is doing pretty good they sure are but uh but anyway it uh it's just going to be another day here on the lake you know uh we're going to take it as it comes i mean you, you know you really can't do anything about it uh so that's just the way it is but uh i'm really uh a little bit disappointed in the crappie run this year. I mean, there, uh, it was it was not real good down in this area. It sure wasn't. Yeah. But you know, somewhere on the lake, uh, you know, this is a big lake, Mickey, and uh,
3: second largest in Texas.
4: That's it, right. Some somewhere on this lake, there's going to be a fish bite in some place. You know, you just got to be there. Exactly. To I mean. It, I mean, just because they're not biting right here in my area, that doesn't mean that they're, they're biting someplace else. Something. I
3: what is um, Livingston like? 80, 86,000 surface acres, or something like that. Uh,
4: I think it's closer to ninety. Ninety. Uh, yeah. Ninety
3: thousand uh, uh,
4: surface acres in and all. It's a big lake. I mean, it's a big lake that can get big and rough real quick. And
3: all. Yeah, it can. Uh, i've heard some horror stories
4: i guarantee you i've seen this lake mickey i mean go from dead flat to to (laughs) great big waves in in a heartbeat uh you know one time i mean when my daughter she was uh oh she was home from college and and we was we was straight out of Pinwall, maybe a a mile down lake here kind of flat area right right through the middle and it was on the weekend and Anyway, she brought a bunch of kids uh, home with her and was out there on a water ski and having a good time. And I looked around. I seen a big old black cloud in behind me. And the lake was just as flat as a, this floor. And, and anyway, I circled a boat around, and I picked up the kid that was uh, uh, on the skis. And when we got him in the boat, I guarantee you, I pushed on the throttle. I'm coming into Livingston. And, you know, that storm, I mean, it was right there, right with us, you know. And I said, you know, that was cutting it just a little bit too close and I was uh not I was maybe a mile out not far but uh but it is enough to really get your attention, you know, and I mean it, uh but it can it can go from flat to rough and yes, real it can. quick. And it is not good. I know one time I mean my brother we was fishing all the way across across lake, over we just call it Mill Creek. It's a, it's kind of a continuation of that 190 road bid, except it's over on the, the west side. And, and uh, I guarantee you we were sitting in a pocket over there, and
3: the,
4: and the wind started coming up, you know, and, and everything was getting bad. And I told my brother, I said, you know, David, I said, we can set it out on the bank, we can put it into the bank and set it out, or we can go on across. And, and uh, he said, well, it's whatever you want to do. And I said, I just seemed to go across, so I said, we might get a little bit wet. And so we took off, and, and uh, I mean, we was getting it across through there, and, and then it started raining. And, Mickey, you know, if you wear glasses and you get rain, and, and you can't see your, your GPS at all. <laughs> <You know, laughs> There's the rain, you know. And, and I couldn't see the bank lines either, you know. So I told my brother, I said you're gonna have to get down there and, and uh, put your hands around that GPS and, and just keep that directional right on the line and just we'll just go right on down through there. And he did. <laughs> we got we got probably uh, oh maybe a I don't know maybe a quarter of a mile maybe off of Indian Hills Point. And when you when you hit that, even if the lake's rough, when you hit it, most of the time you'll just hit some real calm water because that point it kind of makes a block, you know. And I and I hit it, and I knew where we was at, and, and and I could barely see it in the outline, you know. And I just shut that boat down, and I looked at my brother, and I said, You know, David, I said, We're lost. And you could just see him melt right down in the floor for <laughs> you. It is like I knocked the wind out of him. I said, You see that outline? I just said, That's Hill <laughs> Point." I corner. We're lost. We're, alone. we're about, a, about a mile and a half from Fenway, you know. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> That's a crazy one. I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise anybody to to do that. But you know, uh, uh you know that Hughes that I run. You know, i, I You can. I don't think you can see them. All you got to do is stay with the boat. and all. but but, but
3: uh. Yeah, it's a good haul, man.
4: Yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a good one, you know. So. But anyway, I mean, you, do, you really don't want to do that, I, but I really didn't want to set it out on the bank over there either, you know. But, but uh, if it had been much rough or uh, worse, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that. I, I wouldn't advise that to anybody to do it. I mean, the best thing is just, just uh, put it into the bank and sit there and wait, you know. I mean, eventually, you know, it'll it'll slow down or clear off. It sure will. But uh, this lake right here, I mean, it's a, it's a, it could be a booger bear. I mean,
1: you know, uh,
3: you know, it can, it's big been and a lot of tragedies on that, lake over the years.
4: Oh, and I guarantee you, it sure is. I mean, and you know, I mean, you know, people, uh, you know, we, uh, Livingston's picked up in the traffic quite a bit over the years, you know, and when I first came down here, Mickey, you know, there was a lot of fishing boats and, uh, there was a few bass boats and a few pontoon boats, but you know now, uh you see less of the fishing boats, you see more ski boats and jet skis and stuff like that. I mean they they really come into their own down through here but but you know, like I came I was coming down the lake here I think it was about last year and you know, mining my own business and, and uh I looked over yonder and I saw this Guy and, and he had one of these big ski boats and and he was pulling the uh, running them kids right through the middle of the stump patch, you know. Oh man. Yeah, and I and I went and I said, oh, you know, I can't let that go, you know. And I, I just I just slowed the boat down and I circled back and I eased him. He was picking up and I I, I said, uh, you know, you're sitting in the middle of a stump patch pulling them kids and that guy. He said, you know, he said. I know this lake like the back of my hand. I said huh. I can tell you do, you know what I mean? You know, I mean, he didn't have any idea where he was at.
3: You know, no, and you know, you know one kid uh, falls off and hits a stump, or you know, uh-huh. oh, God it, forbid,
4: that's not a good deal. You know what
3: I mean? Too it's much not, open water for that. But he knew the lake there, like the back of his hand. I guess he knew just how to pull through that uh, stump field.
4: Yeah, he, yeah, he did. I guess you know, but or I'm very clean too. My God, you know, I'm, I'm, hell, I'm just trying to help you out, you know. I ain't, I, you know, you do what you want to do, you know. But, but you know, I mean, you know, when you're you, when you uh, Livingston, if you know where you're going, you're fine, you know, I mean. Yeah. Uh, you don't, you just, I don't have any trouble. And I try to get people, especially when this lake goes low, I've tried to get them to.
3: Go out there and mark all that stuff.
4: Lake. Yeah, it's a good time to learn the lake, you know. It sure is. And for the most part here on Livingston, you know, if you stay in the channel, there's channels running all the way up and down this lake. Right. If you stay in the channels, you can just go like crazy, you know. But if you want to come out of the channel, just ease out of the channel and and go to where you want. Normally Yeah, shut her down
3: and idle around. Learn it first. Good Lord.
4: All right, Harry.
3: Well hey everybody, I'm out of time. If somebody wants to call Uh you about coming up to Pinwall and you'll You'll definitely uh, let them bend your ear. How do they get a hold of you, buddy?
4: Uh, just call us here at Pinwall Mickey. and That number is uh, 936-967-4752. And you have a good weekend, Mickey.
3: We're going to do it, my friend. Good talking to you, Harry. See you, bud. All right, all right later. Bye-bye. All right, that's Harry D Tan up at uh, Pinwall Campground and Marina. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show, but we, we'll be back in the morning, bright and early, 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610.